Welcome back to Two Guys, a One Plant podcast, a weekly podcast which deep dives into vegetables, fruits, and other edible uh, plants. Where we talk about the history, nutrition, medicinal uses, the uh, how to grow them, uh, and how to cook them to get the best nutrition out of them. And as with every single week, I'm joined by my beautiful host, <laughs> Timothy Ackerman. Oh my god. <laughs> What an intro. Beautiful. Mate, yeah. you are handsome. Mm, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> well, that. It's good to see you, mate. It's good to see you too, Simon Hall. Mm. And we're doing parsley this week. Good old parsley. Now, yeah. let's just be clear. Are you going to name the title of the podcast what we discussed? Yes, uh, I am. Earlier? Yeah. yeah. So, parsley, more than just a <laughs> shit garnish. <laughs> Correct. Um, yes, I will bleep that out, but uh, it will <laughs> it will be that exactly. Um, yes, much more than a garnish, apparently. Mm, it's an yeah. interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get into to parsley, uh, you've had a good week. I have had a good week. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. been very busy with work, and you know, good old uh, coronavirus poking its ugly head again here in Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of we're like the um, the bad uncle of the of the Australian family. Yeah, you know? Kristen said to me earlier in the week, it's like um, the rest of the the rest of the states don't want us. And I said, no, no, no. I think it as the other way. We're shutting all the other crap out. Like we're just <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're gonna hang on to all these coronavirus cases. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Mm. Um. Yes, well, that's good. Um, we we should probably tell people that uh, we have uh, made a vegetable garden uh, this weekend, or just a couple of days that have just gone past, um, at our warehouse in in Moorabbin, which mm. was really fun. Yeah, man. Are you going to put pictures on the Instagram? Or I, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually did a time lapse of the ah, whole cool. thing. Yep. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to put that up once I've edited it, uh, and you'll be able to see like the entire process of us building it. Cause we had to build the subframes and we built the planner boxes and, mm. you know, filled Bunch it with, prep work, yeah. yeah, all the, all the different things that we needed to do. And, you know, and now we have a heap of vegetables and herbs yeah. and let's go through what you put in there. There was uh, strawberry, carrot. Sage, yes, strawberry, uh, sage, thyme, blueberries. Uh, we've got beetroot, kale, uh, cos lettuce. Mm-hmm. We've got radishes and carrots. Uh, there's peas and sugar snap peas. Nice. Um, we've also got uh, baby spinach in there. Um, what else? Oh, uh, garlic and spring onion. I think it's a pretty diverse bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we kind of, I kind of planned it out into the three different, uh, planter boxes that we've got and made sure that, you know, all the companion plants for each of these different vegetables sat with the ones that they needed to sit with. Mm -hmm. So there's three planter boxes and they all have their own 
you know, unique qualities to what they bring to each other in that particular planner box. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Um, yeah, it's good. So, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, if I'm really honest about it, it really didn't cost us that much yep. to get all that done. I think for plants, because we bought seedlings for most of it, um, and I think we've, we spent maybe – you know, for all those different vegetables. Oh, and we're doing broccoli too. Yep. Um, we spent maybe a hundred and twenty bucks, hundred and thirty bucks to do Pretty all. Pretty good. Of it. Pretty good. And we're gonna get a really good, you know, definitely a more than one hundred and twenty dollars worth of produce from it. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, really, really happy about that. Mm, that's good, man. Mm. I we spent my. To... You go. We just have to keep it alive. That's all. Uh, yeah, look, you know, might, you might lose a couple, but if you look mm. after them. Yeah. The well, odds are in day. your favour. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was going to say, I spent I spent uh, most of Sunday trying to clean up after pruning my plum trees. Oh, yes. Yeah, had a lot of wood left over. I um, It was really funny, you know, I was at this nursery um and saw the plum trees that they had. And if I didn't know that pr a lot of pruning had to be done on plum trees to make sure that they, you know, yeah. they're, they're better for the fruit, yeah. you would think, because they're all, you know, they're just sticks um, in there at the moment, but they're all quite thin and they look like they're just selling you a, <laughs> a piece of wood that they've shoved in the soil. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but because I know now that, you know, they're trying to sell me a piece of stick in, in, in soil for 150 no, bucks. No, no, it's just, like, in, what? it's just winter, mate. It'll, it'll grow in some. It'll be all right. No, I know, but like the <laughs> fact that they, they have to heavily uh, prune them, yeah, I yeah. think that is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And I was like, well, at least I know that that's what goes on now and it's not yeah. just this extravagant <laughs> uh, stick. Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah, good. Mm. quite fun. Um, well, look, as we mentioned, we're doing parsley this week. We're going to start off with some fun facts that you may not know about parsley. I don't know how many you managed to track down. Not you're shaking your head like not many. A few, no, no, not not heaps. No. Yeah, that's okay. I'm I've only got three. Is well, yeah. I've only got two. Pretty. I've much. got two. Yeah. Okay. Would you Would you like to kick it off, mate? Yeah, I'll start. Um. Did you know that you can use parsley as a breath freshener? Oh, I did not. Mm, yes, you can, apparently. Parsley yep. is a breath freshener. Yes. Oh, keep a little handful of that in your pocket. Yeah, just carry it with you all the time. Why not have oh, some not? decaying plant matter in your pocket? Yeah, well, you could <laughs> shove it into a mint tin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flick it over. You want some <laughs> parsley? <laughs> that would go down a treat. Um, Do I have um, something in my tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do, but at least your breath smells fantastic. Um, all right. Well, I've got one for you. Sure. So, um, so, and I don't want to take this off of you because you're doing planting and growing today. Yeah. But... 
without going into too much detail, parsley takes a little while to grow. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but it's said in ancient times that uh, parsley goes seven times to the devil and back before it germinates. And that's why it takes so long to grow. And because of the difficulty in growing, it's said that only witches or evil people can grow it. Yeah, I read read that. But the one I read said only wicked people can grow it. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I didn't, I didn't know about the the seven times thing to the was... devil and back. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I know. What what did parsley ever do to? Yeah. Why does it have well, to go to the devil I'm seven gonna, times? I'm gonna get into that. Oh, good, because I know nothing about the history of parsley. <laughs> so, well, that's because you didn't research it this week. Correct, I did not. Yep. And for those people that don't know, Simon and I <laughs> um, alternate categories each week mm-hmm. and the the standing rule between us is the other person doesn't or tries to avoid uh learning things about the category that they're not talking about so that when we are discussing these things they are really learning we're educating each other yeah absolutely yeah it's a little bit more um uh, conversation promoting because yes. if, if I had read all the research on it as well, one, it would take me hours and hours longer. And yeah. two, this would be a very boring podcast for me. Because mm. I yeah. would just be sitting here going, hmm. Yeah. Mm. And yes. I'm not here for the listeners. <laughs> I'm here for you, mate. That's uh, it. Mate, you're too kind. I just want to learn what you have to tell me and for me to shove my knowledge down your throat too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as and long make as your you've breath got minty. some parsley. <laughs> <laughs> My breath parsley, not minty. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just a, okay, so what's your other? <laughs> okay, so this plays into the a similar vein as the breath freshener, okay. but um, you can actually use parsley to cleanse the palate. Oh yeah, which I I didn't realize. Yeah. Wow. I suppose that's really good when it comes to like washing dishes as well, right? Yes. Yeah, if you're cleansing the plate. <laughs> the plate. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> that was a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> it was a stretch. Okay. So my my last point before we get into the history. Um, is do you know that Parsi was actually written about in the Peter Rabbit books? No, I didn't, and I oh. have those books. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. Um, so it was uh, in the tale of Peter Rabbit by Beatrix Potter. Peter Rabbit ate some lettuce and some broad beans and then some radishes, and then feeling rather sick, he went to look for some parsley. Mm, why did he do that? Yeah, because it's to settle his stomach down. Ah, okay, yeah. interesting. How about that? It is good. Yeah, mm. I like it. We we got given the Peter Rabbit books when someone gave it to this uh, when Hugh was coming. So I don't think we've read them yet. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll keep my eye out for the parsley. Yeah. Let's talk about the history of parsley. Okay, now, for us to kick this little historic journey off, we're going to talk about the different varieties of parsley first. 
So there's flat leaf, there's curly leaf, and then there is actually parsnip rooted, which you may not have. I did read about it. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm not going to talk too much about these things because I'm sure you're going to cover off a bit of it anyway. Not Um, really. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So the curly type is called uh, Petroselenium crispum, and now it's named crispum. It's kind of well named because it's clean and fresh it's got a really crispy taste um then you've got the second variety which is the flat leaf which is essentially italian parsley um uh petrosilium neapolitanum good good italian accent yeah i like it well your mum will be proud um And it's a little bit more delicate, uh, but still really good for um, garnishing. And then you've got the third variety, which is uh, not really seen anywhere. Um, And some people call it, so they call it Hamburg parsley or soup parsley, right? And this is the variety where the root is actually the star of the show and not the leaves. The leaves are quite strong and it's a bit uh, pungent. So they use the uh, root to actually, um, yeah, in, to in soups soup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now that we know what the parsley's are, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about where it came from. So it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint exactly where it's come from because uh, it's been cultivated and developed over centuries. Um, so it's it's really difficult, but um, there is a lot of texts that are, what I've been reading is runs back to Greece and okay. ancient Greeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, the botanical name Petrosilium uh, comes from the Greek word for stone, which is Petro. Now, it was given to parsley because it was found growing on rocky hillsides in Greece. Um, now, Although the ancient Greeks didn't use parsley for cooking, that actually the symbol for parsley was actually a symbol of oblivion and death, and they used this as a funeral herb. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's an old legend in Greece, um, and according to this legend, <clears throat> this leg- legend, legend. I, I'm having trouble saying the word legend today. Mm. It's going to be a really good podcast. Please bear with me, everyone. Legend, legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so according to legend, parsley sprang up where the blood of the Greek hero Archimorales, uh, yeah, that's right, Archimorales, um, was spilled when he was eaten by. Guess what he was eaten by? We're talking ancient times. Um, a serpent. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> yes, snakes were everywhere back then. I know, man. Seriously, <laughs> how did snakes not take over the entire world at one stage? Oh my yeah. gosh! You know, this was <laughs> this is a snake. This is a bit of snake jazz. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god! I bet you they had snake jazz back then too. Oh, uh, can only imagine. Mm. Um, okay, so 
let's get back to this. So the Greek <laughs> hero where his blood was spilled when he was eaten by serpents, and this is where the parsley sprang up. So the Greeks used the herb to fashion wreaths for graves. Um, and it's mentioned throughout history not only for culinary uh, but also for medicinal properties as well. Um, the early Greeks, they made crowns of parsley to bestow upon the winners of the sporting games, like the Is uh, Islamian uh, sports games, um, you know, very similar to the Olympics. Homer actually uh, talks about uh, chariot horses being fed parsley by warriors uh, prior to battles in hoping, um, in hopes of making these animals more fleet of foot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little bit faster. Now, Homer was an ancient Greek author. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd know him from the famous poem uh, Odyssey. Yes. So, and also victors at funeral games and athletic contests held in honor of recently deceased persons were crowned with parsley as well. It's really funny throughout this time where they were doing this, it was never served at a dining table. Wow. Okay. So uh, the Greek gardens often had borders of parsley, um, which led to them saying, uh, oh, we are only at the parsley uh, to simplify when an undertaking was in contemplation or not fully acted upon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only at the parsley. Yeah. Only early days. That's it. Yeah. Um, and this kind of translated over into the Romans um, who didn't really eat parsley either, um, but they did wear uh, parsley on their heads during feasts to ward off intoxication. Interesting. Yep. And parsley was also kept away from nursing mothers back in, in Roman times because it was thought to cause epilepsy in the babies. Mm. I wish I knew about the parsley warding off intoxication when I was at uni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably would have been really good, mate. Yeah. Um, there's also a – I'm going to get onto some medical stuff with Parsi in a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll wait and I'll bring it up then. Okay. Um, so there's also – I mean, I just touched on this before with my um, – my weird facts, but yes, uh, you know, because of this unreliable germination in parsley, they would they said that it went to the devil, you know, seven, yep. seven times and then back again, and that's why it took so long for parsley to actually grow. And ironically, at Roman weddings, uh, wreaths of parsley were actually given to protect against the evil spirits. So it really had this quite like a, a warding off of spirits and, you know, yeah. it was really like a symbolical yeah. um, herb back in the day when it came to death and evil, which I found really quite uh, fascinating, really. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's interesting to think that, you know, everything just, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everything else we've spoken about has always been, you might have the symbolism and then the, the the eating that goes with it, whereas this, to me, it sounds like there's no eating. It's all it's all about the symbol that it represents. Yes. That yeah. was up until a time, though. Mm. But uh, just a little bit more on that. So Parsi's 
uh, also used in the Hebrew celebration of Passover as a symbol of spring and rebirth. Okay. So a little bit different on their side. So you've got the Hebrew celebration where it's a symbol of spring and rebirth. And then you've also got, you know, ancient Roman and uh, Greeks who saw it as a funeral herb. Mm. But still kind of life and death, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And now as we move a little bit forward, we're going to move a little bit more into the medicinal uses of it. But this is actually one of the plants that grew in the gardens of Charlemagne. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of the gardens of Charlemagne. It's like this uh, really massive garden over in Germany, I believe, or the German area way, way, way back where they had like 99 different uh, plants that were of importance. That Mm -hmm. was the only reason that they got into this garden area. And Catherine de Medici, uh, it's actually rumored that she was responsible for popularizing parsley when she brought it back to France from Italy. Yeah, okay. Mm. So let's move on to a little bit of folklore. which, I mean, we've kind of been talking about folklore with the um, ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans as well, but it also popped up in Old Bonnie, England. Um, Old Bonnie, England. Bonnie, Bonnie, mate. Oh, I was going to say, what the hell is that? (laughs) Old Bonnie, England. We've got this picture of some wrinkly old person. (laughs) No, no, Bonnie Old England, mate. Get another cup of tea, will ya? <laughs> That's it. So they had a lot of folklore surrounding parsley as well, and they had their own fables and parables that kind of surrounded this plant. So the parsley was associated with death in England as well, and one of their common sayings was that Welsh parsley is a good physic. So, you know, Welsh parsley actually signified the gallow ropes. Okay. That's yeah. weird. Yep. Yeah. So if you were going to get Welsh parsley, you were going to get hang. Hung. Okay. Yeah. Hung. Yeah. Oh, small corrections corner from last week. Apparently uh, in the sage episode, mm-hmm. I said hanged instead of hung. So sincere oh. apologies. <laughs> how, how could you? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you may as well just take me up to the Welsh parsley. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> in other areas of England, so southern England, uh, they used to say uh, where parsley's grown in the garden, there'll be death before the year's out. While it's not as dramatic as a death sentence, it's, you know, uh, it's just one of those things where they thought that bad things would happen if you had yep. parsley. Yep. Um, so superstition. Yeah, absolutely. They mm. also thought that if you cut parsley early, then you would be crossed later in love. Oh, okay. No good, huh? No. I know, really crazy. There's also a little bit of other superstition that kind of is around parsley as well. There were some farmers that would refuse to transplant parsley and some too afraid to even grow it at all. Wow, really scared of it. Yeah, absolutely. So this is all, this is kind of moving from from ancient Greece, ancient Rome to old England folklore. We're looking at it in Hebrew celebrations for Passover. Then we're moving into medieval times where this superstition still uh, was there, 
but it was in the it was in these times that the early medicinal uses started to happen with parsley. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. So our old friend and the guy that we talk about quite a lot is Pliny. Old Pliny the Elder. That's it. So Pliny mentioned parsley as a cure for ailing fish and listed it as a popular flavoring for broths and sauces. And he used it for the remedy of um, different different things, probably snake bites as well, let's be honest. Ding of a serpent. That's it. <laughs> but no, they used it not only for so some some people used it for baldness. They also made uh, potions out of it and uh, poisons as well. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Pliny the Elder because we've spoken about him so many times before. Uh, I thought it'd be good to give you like a little sidebar about mm-hmm. Pliny the Elder because you know we don't get too deep into some of these people, but he. He's just a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. So he was called Pliny the Elder, but his name was Gaius Plinius Secundus. Oh, uh, Pliny, he'll do. Yep, Pliny the Elder. <laughs> uh, so he's a Roman author and, and a naturalist and a natural philosopher. Uh, he was also a naval and army commander in the Roman mm-hmm. Empire and a friend of the Emperor Vespastian. So what he was most famous for was writing the Naturalis Historia, which is natural mm. history, which... Um, yeah, I brought, that, I brought that book up last, last week in the book. Correct, yep. you did. The most interesting thing, though, for me, was during Nero's reign of terror. So Nero was uh, an ancient uh, Roman emperor mm. who basically burnt Rome to the ground during his reign. Uh, Pliny actually avoided working on any of his writing that would attract attention to himself. So, you know, his works in the last years of re- Nero's reign really focused on form rather on rather than content. And he only began working on content again after Vespasian's rule in uh, AD 69 when the terror from from Nero had actually subsided. Yep. So, you know, he was born in 23 AD um, and only really got to work on Naturalis Historia uh, in 70 AD. And then he died at 79 AD. So he wow. only had nine yep. years really to work on this. But this was his last work that he ever did. Uh, The Natural History, an encyclopedia into which he collected much of the knowledge of his time. It was comprising of 37 books. Wow. Yeah. And this is all his own sources um, of personal experience. Um, He did a lot of work in Germania. Well, that was where he was actually the naval and army commander. Mm. And he used a lot of extracts from other works. Now, the Naturalis Historia is one of the largest single works to have survived from the Roman Empire to the modern day. And it also, so Pliny was actually the only sort of Roman person that undertook all different fields. So he talked about botany, zoology, astronomy, geology, and mineralogy. (laughs) Mineralogy. That's what it is. That's the one. Um, as well as exploration into resources as well. 
the work that he did on Naturalis Historia became the model for all later encyclopedias because of the breadth of subject matter um, that he examined and the need to reference original authors uh, together with a complete comprehensive index list of the contents. That is impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's the only work that survived him and the last that he published, but it lacked the final revision at his sudden and unexpected death in 79 AD at the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Oh, okay. I was wondering if he got stung by a snake. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was stung by lava. Lava. The floor is lava, and he that did is... not win. No, 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 no. He climbed on a table, but then he fell. The table was made of wood. Yeah, that is all hearsay. That's not actually correct. Okay. So that's a little bit about Pliny. That uh, that That's really interesting. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I didn't realize that that was the basis for all encyclopedias. No. When you were saying, you know, he did 37 works and he did all this information, I'm thinking, oh, it's like an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, encyclopedias are like his work. Correct. Yeah. That is yeah, correct. Okay. So I'm going to go through a couple of little other things about the history with Parsley and Really, this is just me talking about a couple of different authors and different time periods mm-hmm. and how Parsley kind of changed as it went through the, the ages. So there was an author called Gerard who uh, wrote a book called Herbal or History of Plants in 1597, um, and they grew both the smooth and curled uh, varieties, and um, he he was quite famous for talking about the curled variety as uh, fanes of curled feathers. In 1616 to 1654, a physician and astrologer, um, Nicholas Culpepper, spoke about Parsi saying that it brings urine and women's curses. So kind of referring to Parsi's diuretic effect um, and that it could actually bring on a woman's monthly cycle. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then we kind of move forward to 1656 to 1708, where Turin Fort was perhaps one of the greatest European botanists of the century. He believed parsley to contain a an acrid and corrosive salt. That salt, when wet with water, left in contact with the glass, could cause the glass to become extremely fragile and easily be broken. Okay, interesting. Mm. I know, right? So that's, I mean, and as we move forward, Parsley kind of just it lost this historical trail, really. Mm. Uh, as soon as I went through all of the ancient times and their medieval medicinal uses, and then it's like it's like the, the trail runs cold with Parsley. Yeah. There's no talk of it being, you know, transported through shipments to, you know, by the explorers to different Mm. lands and then taking it with them for particular reasons. It just arrived in everyone's country Mm -hmm. and we all hardly use it. We all use it as a garnish. That's correct. At best. (laughs) Yeah. But it has quite a unique history. It is very different to what we've done so far. 
Yeah, because it's yeah. much more, much more superstitious. Yeah. Than anything else, mm. it's more superstitious than nutritional. It's um, or medicinal. Sorry. So really interesting. I found that, which surprises me because having looked at the nutrition, I was really interested to see what would come out of the history, because mm. we have seen historically how you know they they start to marry up and there's crossovers and they find these uses that you didn't think that they could do and and I was yeah. really interested to see but I think what has happened is because it was really this superstitious you know symbol of life and death and and I maybe carried this kind of gray fog or cloud over yeah. whether people ate it or not I don't think they really researched what it could do because based on what I'm seeing, it's, I would have thought they would have found some stuff. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. I mean, they use it for a couple of different things, but not really much. Well, the stuff you read out doesn't fall into anything that I'm going to cover. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I think it's it the first time this has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. And that is the history of parsley. Yeah, that was good, man. I... I really enjoyed that. I was not expecting it, to be honest. When I started looking at this, yeah, you know, it's like we talk about this, you know, crappy little garnish that goes on a plate or yeah. it's put in a dish and you're like, why is this even here? <laughs> my, I tell you what, my mind is changed about parsley. I am Really? Yeah, I'm converted. I'm converted. I feel like we say that every week, though. I know. And, and I, most of the time, follow through with the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. We, you know, yeah. We, we have more beetroot and the tomatoes. And the. I sent you a photo today of the parsley growing in my garden. That parsley yes. That parsley sprouted from seeds that fell from an old parsley plant. Like, I didn't even oh, plant wow. that. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's like um, I'm just trying to – I am literally trying to live what we're talking about. Yes, so am I. I've eaten sage recently. I made carrot cake, which yep. the recipe is going up. I've got it. I made yeah, it. Good, good, it's good, okay. Good. So, uh, probably the only thing I haven't followed through on yet is eating more sage. That's the only thing I haven't done. Okay. Yep. Well, we're yep. growing sage, mm. normal one, and purple sage. Nice, nice. Um, so you'll be able to grab some whenever you want. We'll, we'll update. My sage seeds have not sprouted at all. Okay. It's just too cold for them. Well, I know a place where you can pick up a sage plant for five bucks. Yep. Oh, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to go yeah. and get one. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, let's get into the nutrition, hey? Cause, let's. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, if mm. I do say so myself. <laughs> hey, you got my hopes up now. So <laughs> oh, sorry. Nah, <laughs> shit. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. <laughs> That's the end. That's Apparently, it. the nutrition shit. It's just so. a shit garnish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Just put it, make it into a wreath and put it on your head. <laughs> okay. No, what I wanted to do was uh, the same thing that I did with sage, right? Because it's mm. it's such a small plant and you use a relatively small amount. The yeah. serving sizes are quite small. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go through a, a not not necessarily a typical serving size, but a small quantity versus our normal 100-gram 
quantity and we can kind of really compare it with other things. Okay. Okay. So I'm gone, I've gone with, on the small side, I've gone with 10 grams, which is equivalent to roughly 10 sprigs of parsley. So it's not well, a huge amount. So, you know, if you're making a, a meal, it might yeah, be yeah. enough that you put in a salad or something like that. Like you would well, put 10 sprigs. usually put about salad. 30, 30 uh, grams into a salad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 10 grams is reasonable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've we've got vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin K, folate, potassium, iron, calcium, and another one that is not a mineral but really stood out to me was omega-6 fatty acids, right? Oh. So that list is not a comprehensive list. These are kind of like the ones that stand out in terms of quantity, yeah. okay? The there's, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, the stars, yeah. right? Um, so in, let's remember, this is 10 grams, right? Yep. Vitamin A, 17% of your dietary intake. Jeez. 17%. Okay. Jeez. And that, and if people listen to the carrot podcast, that vitamin A actually comes in the form of beta carotene, not vitamin A. Yeah. Right. Uh, vitamin C, 22% of your daily intake. Yeah. Simon's looking at me with a shock on his face, right? In 10 grams. In 10 grams, right? Holy cow. 22%. Okay, here comes the next one. Vitamin K, 205% of your daily intake in 10 grams, right? Folate, 4% of your daily intake. Potassium, 2% of your daily intake. Iron, 3% of your daily intake. Calcium is is 1%, but it's in there because when I scale it up to 10, you'll see – and omega fatty acids in 10 grams, you get 11 and a half milligrams of omega-6, okay, which I had no idea that omega-6 existed in parsley. That was, that was incredible, right? That's unreal. So let's, let's go up to 100 grams really quickly. Vitamin A, 168% of your daily intake. Vitamin C, 222% of your daily intake. Vitamin K, 2,050% of your daily intake. Folate, 38%. Potassium, now this one's interesting, 16%. So when we did avocado, mm. we said, ha-ha, avocado is better than banana because it was 14% and banana's 10%. Well, potassium is 16% in parsley. <laughs> wow. You just wouldn't need 100 grams very regularly. Uh, well, depends how bad your breath is. True, true. You couldn't mm. have it in your pocket. Correct. Uh, iron, 34% of your daily need. Uh, calcium is now 14% at 100 grams. Your omega-6 fatty acids is 115 milligrams. And another one that jumped out when you scale it up to 100 grams is magnesium is 12% mm. of your dietary intake. Wow. So that's some pretty amazing stuff right there. That just yeah. – man, I – yeah, that blew me away. I thought this is this is incredible. So what I wanted to do was, um, lately the last few episodes we've been talking a lot about vitamin C and vitamin K. Yes. Vitamin C, we don't really go into too much depth because everybody knows what vitamin C is. But I wanna I wanna just kind of go in a little bit of detail on the vitamin C and the vitamin K, just because of yeah we've we've discussed it a lot. There's a lot in this, and let's just talk about it in a little bit more detail. Okay, so 
outside of whatever you, you know vitamin c has got a lot of different functions in the body and we were all taught different things and that sort of thing but it's a water soluble antioxidant um and uh what it does is it kind of the the free radicals that are in the system it renders them harmless so it stops them from being a damaging free radical mm. only in areas where water exists because it's water soluble not fat soluble so the yep. vitamin c only works in the in the areas of uh water right Yep. Um, the, the high levels of free radicals contribute to development and progression of a lot of um, major diseases. Um, some particular ones are like atherosclerosis, which is mm-hmm. um, the buildup in your arteries, colon cancer, diabetes, and asthma is a couple that it kind of is linked with. Mm. So, that, you know, it kind of talks about why people who consume high amounts of vitamin C have reduced risk for, for, for a lot of these conditions. Wow. Uh, one thing is, is because it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, it it also explains why it's so useful in conditions like osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, with that that kind of anti-inflammation thing that's going on in the in the joints. Mm. And it also is supporting the immune system as well. So really good, you know, it helps boost white blood cells and that sort of thing. Um, it's also being shown to be uh, helpful for preventing ear infections and that and that sort of thing as well. Plus the high beta carotene plays into that with the couple of things that I've spoken about, which people can go back and listen to in the carrot podcast. You talk about beta carotene in a bit of detail. Yeah. So it's just a kind of a little bit about vitamin C and then vitamin K, which is in really high levels. Lastly, mm. uh, it's, it, crazy but we we when we talk about vitamin k we generally gloss over it and we say you know really good for blood clotting and some bone yes, health and that sort of thing yes. so i'll just i'll flesh that out a little bit and talk about it right so yes consuming an adequate amount of vitamin k may approve improve your calcium absorption mm-hmm. and what it, it also does is by not just improving absorption it helps reduce excretion of calcium through the urine and mm. i'm going to talk about we a bit later in the medicinal side as well but kind of with those minerals coming out it kind of helps reduce that mm. and there's a, a recent analysis uh, where subjects with the highest levels of vitamin k experienced 22 percent fewer fractures than those with low levels and yeah so what we talked about earlier 10 sprigs of parsley is enough to reach the recommended daily intake of vitamin k so yeah, you know, if you're consuming enough vitamin K, it can potentially reduce your chance of breaking a bone. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That's really cool. Uh, From 10 sprigs of parsley. 10 sprigs, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Think about this little green plant hardening your, our, our bones, that's right? Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, increased blood levels of vitamin K have been linked with uh, – this one you'll find particularly interesting – have been linked with improved episodic memory in older adults. So mm. by episodic, it's like like a series of different tests, sort of thing where they yeah test and retest and retest and different yeah. Yep. So uh, has been linked with improved episodic memory uh, in one study. Healthy individuals over the age of seventy years old uh, with the highest levels of vitamin K had the highest verbal episodic memory performance. So some wow. some really good um, um, support for the brain and memory yeah. as well. And vitamin K is also thought to uh, help 
keep blood pressure lower by preventing mineralization. So this goes into what I said earlier about uh, excreting calcium in the urine. So preventing mineralization where minerals build up in the arteries, it, uh, what it does is it enables the heart to pump blood more freely through the body. So again, we're talking, if you put that in conjunction with the vitamin C and the reduction of uh, atherosclerosis, mm. kind of work together there. Uh, the mineralization is a risk factor for heart disease. So adequate intake of vitamin K has been also has also been shown to lower the risk of a stroke. Wow. So particularly interesting there, you know, we we just talk mm. about clotting and bone, but there's some other yeah. kind of key things happening there with vitamin K. Uh, so when you put that into perspective of parsley, it's you know you, you really starting to think twice about this garnish that's on your plate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel so, like maybe it does have a place in potato salad now. Exactly, right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All the times I've thought about parsley and why someone would put it in a dish. Anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's completely changed my mind about it, really. That's unreal. So let's get on to some other stuff. Let's talk about blood sugar levels, right? And we, mm-hmm. we do talk about that a bit as well. Yeah. There's uh, some studies that suggest the antioxidants that exist in parsley um, may effectively reduce high blood sugar levels. And uh, the only study I could come across here was one that was in rats, but it was rats with type 1 diabetes. Uh, this study was done, found that uh, the rats given a parsley extract experienced greater reduction in blood sugar levels and improvement in pancreatic function compared to the troll group. So, you know, there's some suggestion there that adding parsley to a diet could help regulate blood sugar. Wow. Yep. Heart health. So we talked a little bit about vitamin K and vitamin C before in terms of risk factors, but we've discussed a couple of times that heart disease and general kind of heart conditions are the world's leading cause of cause of death. But parsley contains con- uh, compounds like the carotenoids and antioxidants and you know beta carotene that sort of thing, and they've they've all been shown to uh, benefit the risk factors or to reduce the risk factors that come with heart disease. So chronic inflammation, high blood pressure, and elevated LDL, your bad cholesterol, right? So uh, carotenoid-rich diets have been, in a study done with 13,293 people, They w- these people were followed up for 18 years. And Whoa. Yeah, so, you know, reasonable. It's still, I guess it's kind of subjective in a way, but... Uh, Decent study. Yeah. They observed that those with higher blood levels of carotenoids, so it's not specifically parsley, but carotenoids, yeah. uh, yep. had lower rates of heart disease mortality than those with low carotenoid levels. So there's a kind of a correlation there with how much carotenoid you're consuming. Yeah. The high level of vitamin C that's in parsley, There's a, there was a study done on 13,421 people demonstrated that those with the highest intake of vitamin C had a significantly reduced risk of heart disease compared to those with a lower intake. Parsley is also a good source of folic acid, uh, and one of its kind of critical roles is uh, in relation to cardiovascular health and its Mm. necessary uh, participation in the process through which the body converts some amino called homocysteine into benign molecules. So this homocysteine is uh, a dangerous molecule that at high levels can directly damage blood cells 
and high levels of this homocysteine are associated with a significantly increased risk of heart attack and stroke in people again with atherosclerosis and um or or a diabetic heart disease type situation right so we're still playing into this heart health and mineralization and that sort of thing so the folic acid uh, foods rich in folic acid like parsley are especially good for for people who uh, would like to prevent heart disease or their risk factors for heart disease uh, apart from you know pregnant women taking fo- folic acid and that sort of thing but um yeah. it, folic acid is a, a critical nutrient for proper cell division so it's really important for cancer prevention and two really specific areas of the body that have what they call rapidly dividing cells is the colon and in women it's the cervix so really good for cancer prevention of colon and cervical or cervical cancer Uh, so that that's quite interesting there if we go on to the kidneys right so i don't know if people know much about the kidneys it's kind of one of those things that's left out but what it does is it that's because you only need one (laughs) <laughs> yeah kidneys they they filter the body's blood by removing waste products and excess water right and that's excreted through urine uh, one particular thing is kidney stones can develop when the urine is too concentrated and mineral deposits start to form so in addition to the powerful anti-inflammatory properties provided by the flavonoids carotenoids and vitamin c Parsley can support the kidneys by reducing high blood pressure, which is a major risk factor for kidney disease. Uh, parsley is also high in nitrate levels. Uh, this is kind of like beetroot, right? So the ultimate yep. pre-workout would be parsley and beetroot. Ooh. Yeah, so really Actually, high. Actually, that's a, that's a recipe that I know. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. carry yeah. on. Beetroot, yeah. parsley, and I think feta. Yeah, okay. It's like a salad. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Yeah, mm. but yeah, so parsley is really high in nitrate, and we talked about this in the beetroot one. The uh, nitrates convert to nitric oxide, and they vasodilate the vessels, which means make them make them bigger, and um, that that will improve blood flow. Because obviously, if you've got bigger vessels, better flow of blood, right? Uh, so research indicates that nitrate-rich foods like parsley can help maintain healthy bl- blood pressure levels. So the anti-inflammatory properties of parsley, along with its ability to regulate urinary pH and also reduce blood pressure, may help keep keep your kidneys healthy and lower your risk of kidney stones. So this comes with a small warning, is that uh, parsley is also high in something called oxalates. Uh, so there are people out there who have excessive oxalate uh, excretion and they should limit their intake of dietary oxalates, so things like parsley and that sort of thing. So if they, if those people have it, they will know who they are. We mentioned earlier about the vitamin C and its anti-inflammatory properties, so there's some a little bit of research here about arthritis for parsley. But um, So there's a, a study, study done uh, on vitamin C-rich foods such as parsley, where, and it what do we got here? It provides protection against anti-inflammatory polyarthritis. So it's a form of rheumatoid arthritis involving two or more joints. And um, this was presented in the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases. 
And it was from a study of more than 20,000 subjects who kept diet diaries and were arthritis-free when the study began and focused on subjects who developed inflammatory polyarthritis, so more than one joint, and mm. similar subjects who remained arthritis-free during the follow-up. So the subjects who consumed the lowest amounts of vitamin C-rich foods were more than three times more likely to develop arthritis than those who consumed high amounts of vitamin C. So, uh, yeah, if you want to... big numbers. Huge. Yeah, big studies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and like three times more likely. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's, it's a, crazy, that's right? a lot. Yeah. Three, <laughs> three times is heaps. Yeah. 300%. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, heart health, your anti-inflammatory, your antioxidant effect. Yeah, there's heaps going on here in parsley. Mm. Uh, and then we've got we kind of talk about um, the oils because, you know, you can get parsley oil, but they've got these volatile oils in them. And um, there's one called miracistin, and it's been shown to inhibit uh, tumor formation. And, again, this is in animal studies, but uh, particularly tumor formation in the lungs. The miracistin has also been shown to activate the enzyme uh, glutheanine S transferase, and this one helps molecule, it helps attach the molecule glutheanine to oxidized molecules that would otherwise do damage to the body. So we're talking like free radical stuff here. So you've, free radicals are oxidized or oxidative molecules. And what this is doing is helping glutheanine attach to an oxidized molecule and kind of clean it up, right? So the um, activity of parsley's volatile oil quali qualifies it as a chemoprotective food and in particular a food that can help neutralize particular types of carcinogens. Uh, and this is like uh, the benzoprenes that are a part of cigarette smoke and charcoal grill smoke. So if you overcook your food and have, you know, that really charred charcoal-y flavor, yep. which has been shown to be a carcinogen. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the the essential oils, including apiol and miracistin, have uh, antibacterial effects and fight potentially harmful bacteria such as, such as staphylococcus. Yeah. Staphylococcus. So, staphylococcus. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Far out, man. Mm. Yeah. So uh, on the on. on the, the, the oils, there's the, you've got the miracistin. There's uh, miracetin as well, and it's a flavonoid. Mm -hmm. And it's also found in plants other than parsley, but parsley as well. And it's been shown to help prevent skin cancer. Yeah, so it's uh, another interesting, right? So it contains one of the highest concentrations of this miracetin per 100 grams. Mm. And um, there's also another one called apiginin, and it's a natural chemical found in parsley. And in a 2015 review, it was shown to decrease tumor size in an, in an aggressive form of breast cancer. Uh, researchers believe that the apigenin could be a promising non-toxic cancer treatment in the future. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Oh, my gosh, man. Isn't this... It's just <clears throat> crazy what is, like... This is the garnish that nobody eats. Not just a shitty garnish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is fascinating. Isn't it incredible? Wow. So have I converted you? Yeah. <laughs> like I never buy it. Even when like recipes call for it, I'm yeah. like, ah, no, we don't need parsley. <laughs> I'm the same. I have that. it growing in my garden and I'd never chop it. Like <laughs> I'd never use it. 
Well, that's just because you won't don't want to get crossed in love later on, you know. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, mm. that is the nutrition and medicine of the parsley. All right. Well, we're going to talk about uh, cooking with parsley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it. I'm yeah. keen. I'm keen because I really don't cook with parsley. <laughs> yeah. Well. So this is how this one starts off today, right? Mm -hmm. Cooking with parsley. There is very little that doesn't benefit from the addition of parsley. True. Stews, sauces, spreads, rice dishes, vegetables, pestos, bread. Like it just goes with pretty much everything. Mm. Um, parsley is very popular. Pasta dishes. Yeah. Um, lots of things like that. Where's if you if you were to remember where you've had parsley before, where would you typically have parsley? Like what um, would you see? We make a we make like a um, a frica salad. So it's. Uh-huh. Yep, frica and dried blueberries and, um, you know, some nuts and then it's got like, you know, two cups of parsley in it, yep. a bit of olive oil and lemon and whatever and it's delicious. I love it. But that's probably where I would consume, where I would remember consuming parsley. Okay. Yeah. Fresh and dried parsley is kind of used a lot in soups and mashed potatoes, other vegetable dishes. Uh, you'll remember it probably from being in the butter for garlic bread. Oh, yeah. So yep. that is parsley is used in the butter for garlic bread. Yep. Um, so that's definitely a place where a lot of people should be uh, getting on board. It's also a key ingredient in tabbouleh, yep. which is a Middle Eastern salad, which you would be very aware of tabbouleh. Mm. Um Flat leaf parsley is also found in a lot of Moroccan dishes. Now, I love Moroccan food. Mm, me too. Uh, yeah. When we start talking about tagines mm. and preserved lemons, they do a shamoa blend. Yep. Um, that has uh, coriander leaves and onions and cumin and cayenne pepper uh, together with the parsley. There's also a, a very traditional Italian uh, recipe called gremolata, mm. which is basically just garlic, lemon, and parsley all crushed up together yep. uh, to make like this sort of mixture, right? Mm. Traditionally, they serve it over braised meats, but, you know, for, I'm sure that they could go just as well with all sorts of vegetables yep. that, you're, that you're doing. They also can add um, orange zest to it as well if you want to give it another little hit. And we know that orange is really good, Uh, again, for all the same nutritional profile that we talk about with, I feel like a lot of the vegetables and and herbs that we talk about have a very similar uh, profile. Mm. A lot of them have vitamin C, vitamin K, uh, a lot of them have potassium and folate as well. So I feel like if you're running a really good mix of all these different vegetables, you're going to get a really healthy dose of all these vitamins and minerals. So, what does it pair really well with? Yeah, it pairs well with lemons, mm. uh, lentils, rice dishes, tomatoes, most vegetables. It uh, 
It also goes really well with basil and chives, garlic, mint, oregano, and rosemary. So you can pair it up with other herbs as well, which is really good. Have you ever had chimichurri or chimichurri? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a type of uh, sauce that's from Argentina. Mm. So it's usually a mixture of fresh herbs, vinegar, olive oil. Parsley makes up the bulk of the herbs in a, a chimichurri. And you usually just work it around like a mortar and pestle with the the vinegar and olive oil. And also you can put some lemon juice in there as well. Um, and you can chuck some other herbs in there as well. I also found a really cool recipe with a parsley pesto. Mm, um, pesto. I was thought, wondering when you were going to bring up pesto. Mm, so, uh, and this is used on like a spaghetti and corn pasta dish actually. Yeah, okay. Um, which I think corn is... Interesting. Not a lot of people use it in pasta, but like this is a wholemeal spaghetti, corn, and like a like a freshness to it, which incorporates a parsley pesto. Mm. I think you know a fresh that zingy kind of flavor that parsley brings would be perfect with corn. To be Mm. honest, yeah, yeah. So look, there's lots of different things. There's heaps of soups and stews and sauces. My fondest memories of parsley, if you could call them fond memories, are from potato salad. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Where, (laughs) you know, usually what you'd see is the potato salad and then there's like a dumping of green on the top of it, which Mm. you push to the side and try Mm -hmm. to get the potatoes from underneath. I will never, ever do that again. Yeah. And, you know, growing, having a child of our own now, I'm going to be mixing parsley through the yep. sauce, so you cannot avoid it when you're yep. having potato salad. So, Correct. Uh, yeah, really, really cool. So, look, there's a couple of things you can do in terms of cooking with parsley. There's no right or wrong way to cook it either. You can no. have it raw. Yeah. You can fry it off. It's, you know, it's very versatile. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we typically have it have it just fresh or yeah. raw or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, you can definitely cook it. Yeah. yeah. That's the cooking of parsley. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Simple. Easy. Yeah, it is. It's just a garnish, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's yeah. not the main star of the show, but name me a herb that is the main star of the show. No, no. They're, they're, they're all there to complement, you know. Correct. Yeah. And give you high doses yep. of these Amazing yeah. vitamins and minerals. In, yeah, high in concentrations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I, while you were talking, I was thinking of uh, you know that uh, pumpkin hummus dish. We've cooked it a few times. You did pumpkin yes, hummus with yes, cauliflower yes. and butter beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, generally, generally we have like a a fifty fifty mix of coriander and parsley, and just dump that all over the whole thing. Yeah, it's delicious. Parsley goes particularly well with white beans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, I've done that one before. You fry off those butter beans in the pan and yeah. they get all crispy. And yeah. Oh my God, that's such a good recipe. It is a good one. Yeah. I'm going to wow. have to make that. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. You can grow up from seed or buy seedlings, uh, yeah, buy little seedlings, and they're everywhere. Any nursery, anywhere you go, all year round, there's always coriander growing somewhere, um, and you can buy it. It's super easy. But, yeah, you, 
seedling or, or seeds, you can grow it in both a garden bed or a pot, and the pot could be on your windowsill or whatever. Like you can put it anywhere. It, it likes partial sunlight, so windowsill is a good, good, good place if you don't have space or a balcony or whatever. It doesn't have to be in full sun. Um, you can do full sun. You can do partial sun. You know, it's it's pretty pretty hardy plant. Um, the really the main thing about growing parsley is to keep the soil moist, mm-hmm. and just make sure you mulch around the base of the plant um, to help retain the moisture in the soil. Really, okay. it's one of one of the few herbs that actually loves really damp kind of moist conditions. So just keep it mm-hmm. keep it watered all the time, and it should be. Um, really happy most people will will grow the flat leaf parsley not the curly leaf yeah um the the flat leaf does prefer more sun but um you know you can still get away with part shade whereas the the curly leaf it'll go with the the shaded it'll much prefer the the kind of more shaded areas as well um but i mean really that's it it takes about three to four weeks for your your seed to sprout and then you kind of let it grow for a bit until it's Till it's ready to start clipping some some bits yeah, off. Um, super easy, you know. You just just got to keep it keep it wet, really. At the end of the day, um, well, and make sure it, it has some sun. Keep it moist. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> make sure it has some sun. Wow. But I wanted to talk about uh, companion stuff, and I actually had a really hard time with this companion planting because this is the first time, and I mean, because you do half the time you do the growing. Yeah. I found really conflicting advice on the companion oh, really? planting. And just about everywhere I went had something different. Oh. It was really starting to frustrate me. So I've kind of stuck with what I saw as the main theme, but some mm. people might hear it and go, well, that's not what I was told. But, you know, so mm. disclaimer, um, there was a lot of conflicting information out there. It's hard to know what is the most accurate information, right? Yeah. So in terms of companion planting, you've got uh, asparagus, tomato, chives, carrots, right? Mm-hmm, carrots mm-hmm. and parsley are actually in the same family. And and this goes into what you were talking about with the um, parsnip-rooted one as well. Like they kind yep. of all come from the same. And when you pull parsley out of the ground, you can kind of see it's it's got that funny yeah. root that goes down. And it almost You could tell you, it almost looks like the top of a carrot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? But they both attract um, what's called the carrot root fly. Um, yes. Oh, I know about this. We talked about this when we did carrots. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So they, they both attract this carrot root fly. Uh, another interesting thing is that parsley and carrots can actually uh, cross-pollinate, so that can be a problem if you're trying to save seeds from yeah, okay. um, either or. Um my parsley that's growing in the garden has come from seed from an old parsley plant. Yep. So, you know, that could be an issue. If I was trying to just continually re-germinating the parsley and I had carrot nearby, it wouldn't work. Mm. So um, what happens yep. if um, parsley and carrot, they cross-pollinate? Yeah, I think the seeds just won't germinate. Would, yeah. would it not create parrots? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe Sorry. that's where parrots came from. I think it is. <laughs> In my head, I'm like cross pollinate, parsley, carrot, parrot, parrot. parrot. Oh my god, I've got yeah. a joke. <laughs> I could, I could tell when you arrived at that point because you're like, yeah. you're itching. Let me jump it. in here. <laughs> Let me tell you my parrot joke. Yeah. 
it's all about vegetables all right yeah, yeah go on. so if you want to <laughs> if uh to keep carrot we talked about it in carrots but you know keep carrots away from your parsley if you if you need to and you can mm. plant it with sage or something else you know or corn or peas or something right yeah um, well, actually, I've got a spare spot in my garden right next to thyme and sage and the yep. strawberries and blueberries yep. for another plant. So if parsley's going to work, I may as well chuck it in there. Throw some parsley in there and see what happens. Yep. Yeah, amazing. Yep. So, well, something that it doesn't um, doesn't play nice with is uh, lettuce. So yep. parsley and lettuce, not happy with each other and mm-hmm. – um, should be kept away. So maybe if it can be kept away from your cos lettuce that you put in. Yeah. It's in idea. a separate, that's in a separate uh, yep. container. That's so yep. good. So another um, really surprising companion with parsley is actually the rose bush, right? So mm. if you, if you plant parsley around the base of a rose plant, you actually make the rose plants um, smell sweeter. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that was uh, that was an interesting one, that one. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because so parsley to... kind of looks really lovely. I I like it does the look, look nice. Of... Yeah. Particularly the curly leaf. If you were to plant that around the bottom of a rose bush, yeah. it would just look really nice, like ground yep. foliage, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's good to have in the garden because it. it it attracts insects. You know, we talked about the root fly and that sort of thing, but um, the swallowtail butterfly will lay their eggs on the leaves and um, this encourages butterflies in your garden. Mm. Uh, yep. So that's a, you know, if you, nice to have the, uh, the old butterflies around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also attracts hoverflies and the larvae of the hoverflies eat the aphids, thrips and other insects um, and some quite harmful beetles are also repelled by the presence of parsley. So it's a really good kind of all-rounder to have in your garden and probably in multiple places in your garden as well rather than just Just not next to your lettuce. Yeah. But, Mm. um, I mean, in terms of of storage, I mean, it's one of those things that you harvest as needed. Yep. Uh, So you just cut it off as you go when you're going to use it fresh, but you can – We've talked about it a few times. You can kind of freeze these things too, but yep. um, you know, if you've got a, a plant that's going to grow all year round, uh, yeah. there's no real need to. I should also mention it's a biennial, so it'll flower. Mm. It'll flower every two years, um, which is when you can get seed for a new one and yep. you can regerminate from the seed and that sort of thing. Yep, amazing. Mm. Oh man, that's cool. But uh, that's a real basic kind of how-to and planting and some storage for parsley. I love it, mate. That's really good. I mean, wow. pretty, considering the um, reward, mm. it's pretty low, a low barrier to entry to get this growing, whether it's in a garden or just in a pot somewhere. Like, mate, I'm, I'm 100% planting that in a vegetable yeah. garden tomorrow. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I'm going to go run down the nursery and get a parsley nice. bush and put yeah, it in good. there. Because that's unreal. That sounds amazing. Mm. Oh, I'm yes. very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed too when I when I did the research. Mm. 
Yeah, that's it, wow. man. I think that's a that was a good one. I, I, yeah. I did not have my hopes high at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this actually was a request by um, Louis at the warehouse. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, he wanted. I asked him what herb he'd like to know a bit more about, and yep. one that he uses a lot. And he said parsley. So, well, Louis, I we hope are. we gave you some useful information. I think we did, man. Yeah. I think we definitely did. No, that was it was really interesting. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, um I suppose we should say thank you to everyone for listening. For oh my gosh. You know what? I give up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the end. I my brain is telling my mouth things and my mouth just wants to get me in trouble. <laughs> just wants to get me in trouble <laughs> seriously it's uh, amazing oh. yep. thank you everyone who's listened um, it's really exciting actually for us to see um, the numbers are going up each week mm. um, for people listening so you're getting more and more people listening to each podcast episode as they come out and look we wouldn't be able to do this without you talking about it and telling people and and actually enjoying it um, which and it's very humbling for us I, I, not, I can't speak for you Tim but yeah uh, it's nice, like, uh, I, there was a message on our Instagram from a couple of days ago from a uh, lady left an audio message. Yes. You know, and it was nice that, you know, she, she said she enjoyed listening to it and, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, things like that. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah mm. it's it's quite nice. Um, and uh, although we joke about this just being for us and not really uh, worried too much about other people listening to it, uh, at the end of the day, we really love sharing this information with people. Yeah, it's a journey, isn't it? Like, it is. Mm. And I feel like there's a lot of value to be had. You can come away from each episode with a new um, new vitalization about a vegetable that maybe you've left, you know, not hadn't had not much interest in in the past yeah. and be coming out of this going, I really want to start cooking with this. Mm. I really want to incorporate it in my life because of the vitamin K that it's got, because of the beta carotene yep. in it, and I know that I need to eat it with this because, you know, mm. and I know I can plant it myself and, and actually get some really fresh herbs or something. That's it. Yep. So it's exciting. Um, and look, keep – Looking at the Instagram account, it's going gangbusters at the moment. Um, mm. There's plenty of information going up. We put little tidbits of information from each podcast. So if you miss one, you'll be able to get a couple of little facts uh, from that and share them. Um, we'll also keep putting up progress of the gardens that we're doing, recipes that we're doing as well. Um, there'll be plenty of stuff there to try out and uh, and keep keep incorporating these amazing plants in your life. Mm, yep. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's not uh, – <laughs> it's uh, – yes, it's good. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, I cannot – I cannot word. <laughs> <laughs> word no good no more. Let's go. Let's go home bedtime now. Okay. Um Tim and I both have newborns. You may already know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, look, um, thanks, everyone. And until next time, do yourself a favor and eat some more plants. 
Smoke, smoke,